Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Digitally Remastered Podcast. I am Digital Master Gaming, and we are going to jump right into it today. The topic for this episode is PvP versus PvE in Star Citizen. I'm very excited about this episode because it is a very controversial one, and it's one that I think matters a lot to a lot of people. And it's something that I think we should always continue the discourse on because it's definitely worth talking about, is worth understanding what Star Citizen is and what it is designed to be. And I think it's just simply an interesting conversation. So right before we jump in, I want to solicit you to engage with me either in the chat section. And I'm also, like I said before, I'm going to create a Discord channel of some sort or some other ways for you to to share your input and thoughts. But given that this is a solo podcast, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Thank you for joining me today. Let's talk about it. I'm going to start today with an intro, which is basically to set the tone, give you my perspective on where I stand so you can understand my my uh, the context, I guess, from where I'm coming from. And uh, then we're going to move on to the next segment, which will be playing devil's advocate. And then we'll talk about an anomaly to the whole thing. And then finally, we're going to talk about CIG's plan to address all the concerns stated. So let's jump right in the intro. I want to set the tone first. Let's start by defining what Star Citizen is for those that do not know. Right. So the idea is for those who are new to Star Citizen, if you're listening in today, hopefully this gives you a great idea of what Star Citizen is, what it's planned to be and why the different arguments exist for this particular topic. I do want to be clear, though, this PvP versus PvE debate is much bigger than Star Citizen. You will see this argument debated for almost every MMO that involves some sort of conflict between players or that allow some sort of conflict between players. So this is much bigger than Star Citizen, but because this is a Star Citizen podcast, we're going to keep it within that scope throughout the entire thing. Let's start with defining what Star Citizen is. And it is, in fact, for those that don't know, it is intended to be 100% massively multiplayer online game. It's an MMO. It's not an RPG. It's not just a sandbox. It is an MMO. And it will have all of your traditional MMO mechanics to it. And as an MMO, it is a massively multiplayer online game, which again doesn't mean it's one or the other as far as PvP or PvE. It just means that it's massively multiplayer, which means there's interaction between players on a grand scale. So where do I stand before we even start? Because again, I'm giving the dialogue, right? So I want you to understand where I am coming from. And again, my whole purpose is to be unbiased as I can possibly be. I want to sit squarely in the middle of this argument throughout this entire discussion. And I'm going to do my very best to do that. But in order to do that, I still have to tell you where I stand overall, what my overall opinion is about this debate as it pertains to Star Citizen. 
And here it is. I enjoy both. However, I do lean more toward PvE than I do PvP. And allow me to explain. I, for example, and again, we're going to keep it within the context of Star Citizen. My primary desired gameplay loops include exploration and in industry, right? So that includes mining, salvage, and even refining all that. But that's all part of the mining gameplay loop. But all of the cargo hauling, that's the other one I'm trying to think about. All of that stuff. I'm very, 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 very interested in that. And then finally, bounty hunting. And now with bounty hunting, do I plan to fully engage in PvP? Absolutely. But I'm actually more excited about the PvE contracts than I am the PvP ones. Full transparency. But I say that to say I enjoy PvP and I do not want to be without it. And that's that's really my genuine opinion. That's genuinely how I feel. Do I get frustrated when I, you know, let's say get attacked by someone and I wasn't expecting it or wasn't planning or didn't want to do that activity? Absolutely. I get frustrated with that. But at no point do I want it to be completely out of the game. Or do I want to be always safe from such activities? And we're going to Again, dig into the reasons why as we go through this conversation and this debate. But I just wanted to lay that foundation because I think it's important to know, you know, if, you, if you're listening to me speak about this, it's kind of good to know where I stand, even though, you know, it's going to come out as we talk. But again, I'm really going to try to sit as firmly in the middle of this as I possibly can. Because we all have our opinions, we, and whether that be very strong or very cat or, uh, conservative, we have our opinions. And we sit at different extremes of that spectrum, right? So I fully understand that. And I don't want to, because first of all, I don't agree with it. I don't want to attack one side or the other, because I think both sides have very valid arguments, very valid concerns, very valid points. And ultimately, that will be governed by what the game is actually intended to be and what the game will be versus what it is today. So now that we know that, let's move on to the next segment. And again, the podcast overall is a discussion about Star Citizen and everything Star Citizen. But for this particular episode, it's about keeping that dialogue open, right? That discourse going and maybe, maybe just maybe achieve a goal of helping somebody have a better understanding of what Star Citizen is and, and, and what's coming. Because there's a lot of people, let's never forget this, those veterans of the game. Let's never forget this, veterans. There's new people to this game that did not read, did not watch all of the videos that CIG has put out. There's a lot of information that CIG has put out over the years. And I do mean a ton of information. A lot of stuff that's buried today that we haven't heard about in a while or heard about again, or had any updates about, but a lot of information is absolutely sitting out there about some of these topics that we have been talking about, or some of the new things that we hear, whether that's in Spectrum, Reddit, wherever. 
you name it, CIG has probably said something about it or released something re related to it, except for LTI. <laughs> that was that was so open, I couldn't let that go. Sorry, sorry, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's something out there about almost every aspect of what Star Citizen is is designed to be. So there we have it. So let's move on to the very first segment. And the first segment here is playing devil's advocate. And that's me playing devil's advocate. And what we're going to do in this segment is we're going to talk about each side and what their arguments are, what their concerns are. And if I leave or miss anything out or, or miss, yeah, leave anything out, I guess that's a big thing to say. If I leave anything out, that you're like, okay, no, that's not what I'm thinking, then please feel free to let me know that in the comment section on YouTube. Because I know I'm going to miss something. <laughs> I'm definitely going to miss something. But I'm going to definitely try my best to sit in the shoes of each side of this argument. It's something that I often do, by the way, whenever I'm in a debate, whenever I'm in, even if it's an argument, I try to sit in the seat or sit in the shoes or stand in the shoes, sit in the shoes, stand in the shoes of both sides. Before I take a stand or take a or take a, uh, um, a stand on my point or how I feel or my final, you know, opinion about a thing. So I'm going to definitely do my best here. And so let, let, let's give that a try. So we'll start by answering the question, why is this a debate in the first place? The whole PvP versus PvE thing. Why is that a debate in the first place, in particular for Star Citizen? And my opinion on that is due to the fact that the game is unfinished right now. I'm not saying that this argument or this debate wouldn't exist if the game was finished, but I think it would be less of a pressing issue for a lot of people if it was finished. And we'll talk more about that in the last segment because there's more to that thought. But in general, and as high level as possible, that's my opinion about it. It's such a hot debate right now. I mean, it's a hot debate for so many games, but as far as Star Citizen, it's a hot debate right now simply because the game is not finished. And there's enough loopholes to get by with a lot of BS. And to ruin a lot of people's day when they have no recourse. Or no way to avoid it. But we're going to talk about that. So let's start with the PvP argument. Let's start with what PvPers think or feel in relation to this argument. Where are they coming from? And again, I'm just going to give my best attempt at this. Um, I think it would be easier for me to argue from the PvE side, to be fair. But again, I'm not going to be biased here. I'm going to do my best to not be biased. And... To be fair, I feel like I do understand PvPers. I really do. I really feel like I do, even if it's just for the fact that I'm 100% I'm open to it. I don't want PvD, PvP to be separated from PvE. I just don't, especially not for Star Citizen. With a game that is supposed to be, I feel like PvP and PvE need to get along for this game to be as great as it can possibly be. I genuinely feel that way. But PvP, what are some of the pressing things for PvP when we get into this argument of, hey, 
you know, can we have PVE only servers or can we, you know, can we do something? Can we ban certain players because of ABC? And the thing is, PVPers, and again, please feel free to share with me your thoughts for anything that I miss here, because I'm sure I'm missing a lot. It's just what I think of when I think of the PVP argument. PVPers want a dynamic gameplay that is not really possible with NPCs and AI. If I'm coming from a PVPers perspective and to a game like this, then the, I get a rush by interacting with other players or any entity for that matter. And I can't truly predict what's going to happen. And I have to think on my toes. I have to be creative. In other words, it, it, it's a, it, it, you're constantly in situations where you are on your toes. And for a lot of people, that is absolutely fun. And it's needed for a lot of people to even enjoy a video game. So that's a very legit and a very respectable, in my opinion, reason to want PvP. Another thought is they want the rush of experiencing and interacting with other players via combat or conflict, right? You think about org battles, the whole process of planning for that. It's definitely not the same if you're only planning for NPCs, if you're strategizing for NPCs. But if you're strategizing against other people, that means it's a very unpredictable engagement. And that alone is enough to cause a lifetime of memories. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people can agree with that. I, I've seen and I've actually been a part of big battles in different games. MMO games. And some of those interactions, some of those battles, those conflicts are absolutely memorable because they were so dynamic, because they were not predictable, because you can have one today and then have another one tomorrow that's completely different. Very difficult to do if you're only interacting with NPCs. Almost impossible. When you think of MMOs and the boss battles or the dungeons and all those things, they're, they're repeatable, but they're monotonous because you know what's going to happen around the corner. You know the boss mechanics. He's going to repeat this move at the beginning of the fight, and then he's going to switch to another moveset in the second stage of the fight once he gets to a certain percentage of health. And then finally, you get to the third stage of the fight, and now he goes crazy. Just another puzzle that you've gotten used to. And so every time you repeat that, it gets less and less fun because it's monotonous. It's almost like you turn into a robot yourself because you know the key combinations you need to do for your character because you just spec them out. The only time you can add dynamic, a dynamic nature to some of these games is if you respect your character and have to relearn their mechanics so that you can learn how to beat the same boss using different mechanics. <laughs> it's just a thought. And so I think that's a very, very, very valid argument when it comes to PVPers. And honestly, I fully agree. I'm not going to lie to you, even though I feel like I'm much, I would say is more of a 60-40 rule for me. 60% PVE and 40% PVP. I don't want to have a, I don't want to play Star Citizen without that PVP aspect to it. Because yes, let's be honest, you can insert whatever game you play, whatever your, even your favorite game. If it's a PVE game, 
you're going to eventually get bored of it. And ask yourself why. Because you've done it before. You've done it before a thousand times. So what would make it fresh? A new experience. What do player-to-player interactions give you almost every single time? A new experience. Depending on what you're doing, it can give you a new experience. And then when you play from one person to the next, that's going to be a different experience. So you have almost infinite possibilities of new and engaging and fun experiences when you have PvP. And I really believe that is one of the most strongest arguments of the PvP argument, uh, PvP argument itself. The dynamic nature, the emergent nature of interacting or playing a video game. You add years to a game when you have that kind of dynamic to it. Like think of any MMO you know, and, and if the balance isn't struck well between PvP and PvE, the game dies or it becomes an afterthought. I don't have any numbers truly to back that up, at least not that I prepared before this podcast, but you could look at all the MMOs in history that maybe lost that balance, lost that very delicate balance. And those games have either died out already or they're a shell of their former selves. So we need, I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on, we need these types of games that are stated to be MMOs to have a good balance between the two. It's heavily dependent on the game, of course, right? You have some MMOs that are still MMOs, but they're, you know, because you still have the interaction between players, but it's just no conflict. And those games are designed to be that way. But then you also have PvP-only games, and those games are designed to be that way, right? But then you have these other games that need a good amount of both to make them truly special. And so my last point for PvP is that it's just simply fun for them. Anyone who's pro PvP, all they have to do is say, I'm pro PvP. I enjoy a game when it has PvP. And that's enough. Right? I think we can all agree on that. So let's switch over to the PvE argument. Right? So as, like I said, a 60-40 for me on the PvE to PvP scale, the thing this, that I think about that I am sure others you know, will agree with is that you sometimes you just want to play casually without the fear of conflict. You want to be able to have fruitful game sessions, right? And of course, you know, the whole name calling comes into play here with the space dads and the, you know, <laughs> why do dads get such a bad rap man i'm a dad myself I, I don't consider myself cheesy man you know maybe you think i am i don't know but i'm a dad and i can have some good fun in video games without being cheesy come on why do dads get a bad rap man can we change that meme <laughs> can we change that <laughs> come on dads you know, i don't know where do we man i don't know where do we go wrong here but Sometimes, truthfully, you do, right? And then you start to think about people. And of course, the, the, the low-hanging fruit here is, right, people who work all day or people who have very busy lives and still want to play video games. It, it, it largely boils down to individuals like that because, you know, you only have an hour to play the video game. 
So you log in and you've been thinking about playing Star Citizen all day for 12 hours. I don't know, whatever your work schedule is or whenever you're done being busy. You've been working, you've been busy all day long, 12 hours, you're tired, you come home, you have an hour to yourself to get to recharge your batteries, and you love Star Citizen, and you log into Star Citizen, and in your mind, you've been daydreaming about cargo running, that big load you've been thinking about all day, right, that you're trying to sell for some big-time UEC. You log in, you load your ship, you know, and let's say it's 30 minutes into your session already. And now you have a choice between do I hire this? <laughs> I need to find somebody to hire to, you know, escort me on this run. And maybe you can't find someone in time. So you say, oh, to hell with it. I'm just going to go. And then you go and you get destroyed by a player. Now, to be fair. That's kind of, if, if that's the scenario, then you sort of brought that on yourself, right? But at the end of the day, I totally understand that feeling of frustration and that drop in your heart when that happens. Because all you really wanted to do was just live that adventure. And then suddenly there's somebody who came along and we quote unquote ruined your day, ruined your intended plans. And I don't care what any PvPer says, if that happens to you, that sucks. It's a sucky feeling. I have no problem admitting that. That is a sucky feeling. And no one enjoys that. I mean, I don't know, but maybe some people do, but a lot of people do not enjoy that, right? We can get into the weeds of that whole thing, right? Were you in secure space when you did your run or were you in medium security or were you in NullSec or were you in, you know, lawless territory? We can get into the weeds, but the, and we don't need to, but the point though, it, 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 when that happens, that sucks, period. Whether justified or not, whether they deserved it or not, that sucks. And if you can't sympathize with that, then are you human? Check your pulse. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it. Doesn't mean you have to suddenly jump on the side of PVEers and say, screw PvP. No, it's just, can you at least relate? <laughs> and if not, check your pulse. So it's it's this thing of even if the person should have been prepared, and it's true, they should have been prepared. They should have understood the game enough to know. This can happen to you, so you need to find a way to avoid it. Consider the possibilities. Don't ignore them just because you don't like them. Right? And I, and that I'm, I agree. That's what I would say. In fact, I have said it to people. I said, listen, this game has PvP. So the fact that that happened to you is not and maybe should not have been a surprise. Were there things you can do to avoid it? For the most part, yes. But as I said at the top of the show, because the game is unfinished, there are some loopholes, which we're going to get into next, by the way, because the anomaly is griefers. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to actually define what that is, because there's some, a lot of misconceptions about what a griefer actually is and where they fit into this whole debate. Because in my opinion, and we'll get there, I don't want to jump into it yet. I don't want to jump into it yet. But. Back to the PvEers arguments. They just want to have a fruitful game session when they only have an hour 
or 30 minutes to an hour to play the game. And I can sympathize with that sometimes. Sometimes I am getting off of work and I only have a 30 minutes to play. And then sometimes I'm on the weekend and I have a whole day to play. Right? But on those days where I have 30 minutes or an hour, it's the same way you feel when you get hit with the 30K when you're trying to do something. To a PV, PVEer who gets griefed or ganked or whatever you want to call it, that's the same feeling they're feeling at that moment in time. And even if it was warranted, you got to at least understand the feeling. They're not PVPers because you can't make people be PVPers. You know, but it's just a matter of, hey, can both sides just try to understand each other? Because, of course, no matter what game it is, and Star Citizen included, you'll see people just snapping at each other and calling each other names and just beating each other over the head just because they don't understand where they're coming from or they don't care. And I get it. Maybe you don't care. But it doesn't invalidate their opinion. Or how they feel about it. Another thing about PVEers. They don't want to be forced into game loops that they didn't choose themselves. Which kind of really ties into what I just said, right? They have their ideas of what they want to do when they log into the game. And then someone imposes something on them. They tend to have a problem with that. Now, again, the only thing I can say to that is you got to understand what game you're getting into. And what can possibly happen. And why. And then how to defend yourself. How to prepare for such things. Even if you still want to do just this one activity. You still can't just block out. The other possibilities. Or the potential of what can happen. And so again. It's just me trying to go through the. Motivations that I feel. Matter for both sides. And so. That takes me to the next segment which is the anomaly. And I think the anomaly is griefers. But what is a griefer? Let's define this first before we jump into the details of that, or my opinion, I guess, of it, or the discussion. In my opinion, a griefer is someone who abuses, abuses the loopholes in the game to purposely ruin someone's day. Now, the trouble with calling everybody a griefer is that there's almost no way to know what their motivations are or what they're trying to do or what, again, their motivations are. Now, if someone is pad ramming and they're constantly pad ramming, it's quite clear that that person is griefing, right? Seriously, I mean, I don't know how you defend that, but it's. You also have people who will shoot you on sight and just destroy your ship. That is not necessarily a griefer. The thing is, you know, just because they ruin your day or just because they shot you without getting anything out of it from your perception doesn't mean they're griefing. I've heard someone say before, you know, this person just shot me and destroyed my ship with, you know, I had a lot of cargo. So they're not. They're, they're griefers. They're not pirates. My only concern with that is you don't really get to define what a pirate is. The whole nature of being a pirate is that you move to the beat of your own drum. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you're not you, you didn't sign up to it you know a, a, a organization and if you did that organization may have specific goals that require you to wreak havoc for the sake of some other outcome again we can get into the weeds of all that but at the end of the, at the, end of the day just because someone attacks you does not make them a griefer And I don't want to sound preachy here. That's for sure. It's just I want to sort of just define what the heck a griefer actually is. And in my opinion, it's firmly a someone who is abusing the game mechanics in a way that the designers did not intend the game to function to wreak havoc on other people, which is essentially targeting. Like the same way, and we're going to really get into this too, the same way that CIG may punish you if you are purposely, constantly chasing a person down, a specific person down by name to keep killing them over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And the reason why they do take action on that, or at least will, pretty sure they have, is because it's clearly you targeting someone for the purpose of ruining their game session. That's a provable offense. Provable offense. Right. So being a griefer is a very specific thing is not this broad scope that I think a lot of people tend to give it. It's not this broad scope of. People who kill people, no, in the end game, it's not everybody in that spectrum, it's really specifically people who are purposely. And meticulously. Finding the loopholes in the game design. To achieve such goals and again this is all my opinion of course you can feel free to disagree and let me know that you disagree i'm very curious to hear an alternative opinion on this or alternative argument or you know points on this if you do disagree i would love to hear it because at the end of the day my goal is to better understand both sides too so as i go through this trying to stand in the shoes of each person or each side of the argument it's kind of helpful because it gives me perspective of why you know, people feel the way that they do and why they argue so heavily, you know, toward that point. And then maybe, I don't know, maybe you're that person who breaks the, who, who tries to find the loophole in the game. I say loophole, but like, it's pretty much like, um, whatever, like, like bugs, like abusing bugs or abusing things that the game designers did not intend to be right. Like you're, 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 Using the loopholes is probably the best word. Loopholes in the game design to, you know, abuse different mechanics in the game to achieve things that you should not be able to achieve. Probably some better terms for that, but I think you get the point. So the question now is, in relation to these griefers, true griefers, are they a permanent problem or temporary? And... When we get into the last segment, the answer to this is they're temporary or they should be temporary. Based on what the plans are, I believe they will be temporary. So, and I think a lot of times PVEers are most triggered by griefers, not true PVPers, right? And the only reason I'm saying true PVPers is because it's really anyone who plays within the rules of the game. And what are the rules of the game? What the game allows you to do. 
if the game allows you to do it, a except for scenarios where it's not intended and it's kind of clear mostly what's not intended. It's not always though. Only because of the state of the game right now. It's in alpha moving quickly, I believe, to beta. But because it's an alpha, there's probably some things you can do that you're not even sure you can't, you're not supposed to do. So it is a very slippery slope today in the game. It's a very tricky thing. But we'll get there. We'll absolutely get there. Okay, so let's move on now to what is CIG's plan? This is the last segment. What is CIG's plan to address these concerns of both sides, I suppose? What is the plan? So we already started to talk about it, but in the current state of the game right now, things are quite tricky because in some ways there's things you can do that you probably won't be able to really do when the game is finished. And in some cases, you definitely won't be able to do them when the game is finished. So it's, it, it's, the, it's, the, it's the question of time, it's all. And I think, you know, as we go on into beta and everything like that, and as more features and things come online, you really, you really will start to see how things will balance themselves out. And this is what I believe. That's what I believe. Now, in the current game today, you have Clesher Prison, which is designed to punish players who commit crime in areas that they are not intended to within the game's lore, right? Or within the game's law system. Not as far as game design, because you can absolutely commit whatever crimes you want in Stanton. But if you get caught, Killed by security forces, you're going to Clesher Prison, which has, depending on your crime, hours of real life time that you have to serve unless you do some of the side quests in prison or the game loops in prison to shorten that time up. That exists today. And of course, the security personnel that can actually find you, kill you and send you to prison. That's all in Stanton right now. Of course, not fully developed and not fully ready for the final game, but they're there. (laughs) And that's what exists in the game today. But as you can imagine, and also some of you may not know, but Stanton is more medium security. It's not a high security uh, system. So it's not supposed to be perfectly safe. And that's why it's not perfectly safe. And then we're going to get Pyro. And that's a lawless system. And this is where this conversation gets really good, because when we think of Pyro, of course, you immediately think it, especially if you played EVE online before, you're thinking NullSec. Right. And you're probably not wrong. However, there's quite a few gangs that operate in Pyro. And if we start to think logically, we can come to the understanding that. Let's say it's a real world. Right. Let's say Pyro was a real place. And let's say you're of the mind of, hey, I want to wreak havoc. OK, you go to Pyro and you start just shooting everybody. Do you really think those gangs are going to not notice you? Do you really think those gangs are just going to sit by and let you ruin things that they're doing? 
or ruin things that matter to them? Do you really think that's going to be allowed to happen? No. So because that's the case, you can imagine that the same thing would be in Pyro. But what do I mean? How does that get enforced? How does that happen? It happens through reputation. For those that do not know, Star Citizen is a very interesting game in the fact that it's a sandbox game, right? There's no linear path through Star Citizen's progression system. Well, as far as progression in general is what I mean. There's no linear progression path where you know you you just complete all these missions and then there's an in-game screen that 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 doesn't exist for star citizen it's an open world open universe sandbox is what i call it it's an open universe sandbox but then you ask the question well how do i matriculate in the game how do i improve how do i progress right you think of your traditional mmos right you have a level right you have a level you start at level one you move to level 50, level 60, level 70, level 80. You fight some in-game bosses. You go through some in-game dungeons, raids, all that wonderful stuff. And effectively, even though you may not get a title screen, and in some cases you do, for all intents and purposes, you quote unquote beat the game. At least for now, until the next DLC comes out or the next expansion comes out, <laughs> you beat the game. But with Star Citizen, at least for what we know today, let me get that caveat out there. For what we know today, there is no in-game screen. There is no in-game screen for Star Citizen. And you have all these different paths that you can take, these different careers that you can pursue. How do you progress in the game? And the answer to that question is reputation. If you work for ABC company, moving cargo throughout the verse, The more missions you take and you are successful, the bigger contracts you get. The bigger contracts you get and you complete those successfully, the next level of contracts you get. And as you matriculate with successful missions, you get rewards from said organization. To the point where that reputation you hold with them is what's actually allowing you to get the better missions. Same thing can be said for the gangs of Pyro. You slide with the gang, you're automatically making enemies with others. And you're automatically making enemies with law. So it's this ebb and flow, this back and forth, this yin and yang in regard to reputation. You have to pick carefully. You have to choose your path in Star Citizen. Because if you're going to play the bounty hunter, you're going to probably get contracts to kill people from Xenothreat. You're going to probably get contracts to kill people from the Rough and Ready gang. As you kill their members, your reputation goes down with them. Which means it's going to be harder to repair it the lower it goes. Same thing based on the point I mentioned with the Griefers. You go into Pyro just shooting everything up. You're going to probably destroy either players or NPCs that matter to those gangs. So if you got player one who's been working up their rep with the rough and ready gang and you shoot that player. Now you got a bunch of NPCs coming for you. And yet you may think you're just going to mop the floor with them, but no, you're not because now the rough and ready game become just as effective, probably if not more than crusader security in Stanton. 
because they got better weapons, maybe. I don't know. But you see what I'm saying? Reputation is what's going to balance things, in my opinion. So yes, Pyro is a lawless place, but it doesn't mean you get to just go run crazy without any consequences. You may not go to prison, but you're going to forever have to look over your back in Pyro. And to me, that's the most perfect way to do this game. Reputation is genius. I don't want a level score. I don't want to be level 20. I don't want to be level 50 in order to get the higher content in the game. No, I want to be able to choose my path, level up my reputation with the organizations that I care about and for the mission and gameplay loops that I care about. And that's how I want to play. I love that CIG is doing that. When they when they first started to show that, I was so I was so impressed and enamored by that this approach to game progression and leveling up, quote unquote. I was like, yes, yes, let's do that. Let's 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 go. I was excited about that. So dare I say to you that if you are a PVEer, super worried about just being ganked everywhere you go, consider. That you are going to be doing things that's going to increase your reputation with different organizations. And as you do that, you may get more protections, different types of missions, maybe more safe missions that still can be lucrative just because you've moved up so high in that organization. Now, I'm I'm in speculation territory here, but I'm just thinking outside of the box for what the potential is, what the possibilities are. So in other words, don't overly stress about it. Just understand what type of game Star Citizen is. And it is 100% a PvPVE game. There will be PvP throughout. Like you will have your systems like Terra and Soul where it's high security. And if anybody ganks you or tries to gank you in those places, the response times are going to be ridiculous. Ridiculously good. In the sense that they probably don't have enough time to truly finish the job. So you're safe in the safe systems. And I have full confidence CIG is going to do that. The last thing you want is to have new players coming in, which actually happens today during free fly events, which, by the way, is happening in a day or two. (laughs) So expect this to happen. If you're brand new, you're going to log into the game, get that nice, cool ship that you saw, and someone is going to repaint the thing for you with bullets. So I think CIG is going to have a great answer to this problem. And not only that, it's worth mentioning that CIG does not want to interfere with the natural flow of the game from a PvP to PvE standpoint. CIG wants the players and the end game mechanisms to police PvP versus PvE. So I will say this, just again, understand what Star Citizen is, what type of game Star Citizen is. And I and many other YouTubers and streamers have guides up on how to protect yourself, what to look out for, what you can do today in the game to give yourself the best chance at surviving. And then imagine how many more guides are going to come out when the game releases. That's going to really break down all the things that you can do 
to give yourself the absolute best opportunity to survive and to avoid what you don't want to face or don't, don't want to experience. There will be options for you PVEers, but for you PVPers, I wouldn't worry about not having PVP in Star Citizen. I think CIG has made a very clear and concise, it has taken, I should say, I, I feel CIG has taken a very clear and concise stand on what this game is and what it will be, what will be allowed and what will not be allowed. And it's very clear that PvP is intended to be a big part of this game, just as the PvE is intended to be a big part of this game. So if I may suggest, don't worry about it. I don't care which side of the aisle you're sitting on. Understand that there will be a place for you in Star Citizen. I don't care what spectrum of these arguments that you're on. There will be a place for you. I firmly believe that. And I, I just hope CIG nails that balance because I do want Star Citizen to be the most successful game out there. I want Star Citizen to be renowned like for decades and centuries to come for how they managed and facilitated the different play styles of all their, all of the community. So I really want to get your thoughts on all this. There's, of course, tons of debates on Spectrum, Reddit, everywhere you look, there's a debate on this very topic, well beyond Star Citizen, but also with Star Citizen. And I just want to know where you stand. What are your thoughts on the things I brought up in this podcast? Because I think not everybody knows a lot of these things in relation to Star Citizen. And I think it's very important to know it because, you know, you, you then understand the possibilities, man, the, the, what, what the game can truly be. And how dynamic, emergent, engaging, and, and fun. So give me your thoughts, please. On the YouTube channel, I'm going to build a, or build, I'm going to create a Discord channel at some point. I keep saying it, and I really want to do that. And I'm working on it, but I want to do it right. And I want to create a place where you can come in and we can talk about some of these topics after the podcast. After the podcast. But I really want to get your thoughts on that. That's all I have for you today. That's all I have for you today. Um, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope you, you know, learned something. I hope you got something out of it overall. And uh, I'm hoping you're having a good time playing Star Citizen. If you're new to the game, don't forget that there's a free fly coming up on the 17th. It starts on the 17th and it's free. If you haven't played Star Citizen before, give it a try. Give it a try. Now, I'm not going to promise you that there won't be bugs. I'm not going to promise you that someone's not going to stick a missile somewhere. But at the end of the day, it's an absolute banger of a video game. And I think the sky is the forget the sky. I think the stars are the limit. Beyond the stars is the limit for Star Citizen. So happy gaming to you. I'm always going to end on that. Happy gaming to you. I hope you're having a wonderful day today. Whether that's morning, afternoon, or evening. Enjoy your day. And we'll we'll talk. We'll talk in the next video. Take care. <laughs>